Hello, dear friends, and welcome to a live conversation on Alatra TV Island. We're very excited to talk to you today about the creative society of a new format, where a human being is at the center of every process in the society, and where each and every person is guaranteed freedom, equal rights and possibilities, prosperity, and opportunities that constantly develop oneself as a person and as a professional. By conducting interviews with people from all over the world, we are implementing the first stage of building such a society, an informational stage. So today uh, we will talk about what steps each of us can take to build such a society by peaceful means in the shortest possible time. You can find full information on the project on alatraunites.com. My name is Bhavin and my co-host today is Anne Bailey. Anne, could you please introduce our guest? Of course. Hello, dear friends. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce our lovely guest for today. It's Dr. Nelson Bulmash. He has a board certification level of being a chiropractor, naturopath, clinical nutritionist, and he's also the owner and the CEO of Health Matters. He's also a member of various medical associations, as well as being a board member of the American Powerlifting Committee Federation. He has coached several American powerlifters to achieve gold, silver, and bronze medals at national and international levels as well, as providing chiropractic and nutritional care for various professional sports athletes. He also appears on UI Media T Network TV, interviewing other health professionals and discussing current health affairs from time to time. Welcome to Electra TV Ireland, Dr. Bulmash. It is absolute pleasure to have you with us today, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation. And Bobin, it is a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much for the honor of being on your show. Uh, yeah, um, so Dr. Bulmash, um, we just have a question. Yes. Please, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, I'm, I mean, we shared a fair bit just a moment ago, but it would be great just to hear maybe uh, some more details and uh, kind of why you chose those careers. Wonderful. Bob, and when I was 22 years old, I was uh, competing at a state level in, in the United States. I was the collegiate state powerlifting champion at 198 pounds, and I was told by many athletes, many coaches, that I was the number one ranked athlete in my, in the collegiate division at my body weight. And shortly after I won, I was training for the national championships, and I had a severe accident where I fell down a flight of stairs during an ice storm. Uh, I was transiently paralyzed, and I broke my spine in several places, and have spent really the rest of my life and career pursuing ways to most effectively help people recover from serious injuries of all kinds, not just spinal injuries. And so I've become an expert in doing soft tissue, spinal and extremity applications that allow people to recover from injuries and to optimize their ability to perform at a world-class level. I have been chosen to be the team doctor and have also coached at the world level. I, as you mentioned, Dan, I have several athletes that I have worked with and I've coached that I've used uh, my chiropractic system that I've developed called Torque Reset to help improve their ability to perform at a national world level. And I've gotten to them to break many world records. My athletes have broken over easily over 30 world records. 
and uh, I've gotten uh, many of them to win, as you mentioned, gold, silver, and bronze medals at the world championships. So I'm a man who's extremely committed to helping find natural ways to improve people's ability all across the world to live a healthier life. Uh, I also have a show called Health Matters with Dr. Nelson Bulmesh that Anne spoke of. It's an award-winning show that uh, I'm now entering my third season. Ideally next month, if things go right, my, t- my show will go on Roku TV and Apple TV. Wow. And uh, I interview guests from mostly the United States, but also I've had guests, for example, from the UK. Uh, you have an amazing woman there, Bobbin, by the name of Isabella Cooper, who's become a real expert in mitochondrial function, which is the cellular powerhouse that produces energy for the cells. And she's just uh, extraordinary at putting out information for the rest of us in the world to help us improve the lives of people. So this is very uh, pertinent right now because so many people have COVID and one of the big problems they have is that they don't produce enough cellular energy. So they go into severe bouts of fatigue. So much of what I do is related to information like that uh, we call her affectionately Bella Mitochondria puts Mm -hmm. out so that we can use applications that, that she has found through research that help us help people even recover more effectively from COVID. Mm. So that's a little bit about me. That is amazing. Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm compelled to look that up off at some point after the interview then. Um, so. Yeah, I guess we barely have time to discuss all of it because it's all so interesting. It sounds so impressive. We would like to ask you about all of it. Yeah, well, unfortunately, our time is limited. But uh, we would like to show you one small surprise we have for you. I, oh, okay. you know, I'd now like to ask our technical team to show a small collage with their photos that we've prepared for you. Oh, thank you. And we would just like to ask you to comment on these photos. Tell us where they're from. Absolutely. Uh, why are they important for you? What are you doing there? <laughs> This, uh, um, I don't know, I'm going to just give instruction. So the, the picture up in the top left is me when I first started doing my show. The gentleman sitting next to me is the famed Bill Lawrence, who's one of the leading experts in the world on Russian peptide therapy. He's a very dear friend of mine. The picture next to it is me holding the award I won for my show uh, through UI Media. The middle picture, well, the picture on the left in the center row there is me holding fish that I caught in a place called Hatchimac Bay in Alaska. Uh, and it was unbelievable because I'm sitting here fishing for salmon and for halibut and I have killer whales that are swimming around our boat. And in the distance I see breaching humpback whales and minke whales. And then in the far distance you have Mount McKinley which is so large that I can see it from 300 miles away as I'm sitting in my boat here fishing. The picture in between is of two incredible young men who are growing in notoriety and popularity. They're the sons of uh, a legendary singer here in the United States called Buddha B. Rocker, and they were fantastic. They were guests on my show. The, there we go. The picture in the middle under the right column is me standing smiling in front of my office sign. And then the lower left-hand picture is a picture of me doing prep work before one of my live shows. And the last picture is a picture of my incredible son who was ranked number one in the world as a power lifter, 
who set many state, national, and world records, and who is seen there graduating from medical school. So he is now a physician specializing in internal medicine. Mm. That's so that you must be really proud. <laughs> I the greatest gift in my life is my family, my wife and my kids. They're they're mm. they give me. A, a, jo a joy and a satisfaction in life that no matter how crazy life gets in the world in the United States, <laughs> I get to come home to my family and to be with them. And they are my, my reprieve and my sanity. <laughs> I mean, that can now bring me to the next question because you can kind of filter that in, in as your answer as well. Um, so uh, Dr. Bulmash, what does yeah. happiness and success mean for you? I, I had some really severe things, Bob, and happened to me. I, I appreciate your question because it's, it's happiness to me is such an understated and undervalued uh, proposition in the United States and probably in the world. Happiness to me is, is really all about knowing that your life has been a success, that you've lived with purpose and your purpose has made life better for the people around you. I have people who come in to see me from all over the United States, sometimes from beyond the United States for the care that I provide uh, and knowing each and every day, for example, you give me the privilege and the honor to be with you right now. This allows me to share my voice and my message at helping perhaps someone else in the world that will find value in who I am and what I say. So living with purpose gives value giving this value allows me to express happiness because I know that my existence is bigger than the smallness of who I am but I get to be bigger in life through the through fulfilling on my purpose my mission which is to help as many people as I can throughout the duration of my life I've had cancer twice particularly the first time I didn't know whether I was going to live or not and I made a commitment not that I didn't have it before but that the rest of my life, Bobbin, would be a commitment to helping as many people in the world as possible through the man that I am, the shows that I do, the articles that I write, who I am when you meet me in the grocery store, who I am when you meet me in the gym, wherever it is that you find me, my commitment is uh, that I, it was instilled in me through my mother and father that wherever I go, whenever I am doing anything that I do in life to add purpose and value to wherever it is that I go and to whomever I get to interact with. So my goal today that is making me very happy is to provide a voice of reason, a voice of hope, a voice of possibility to the people who are listening to us today. Wow, it yeah. is such a wonderful and such a noble mission, such so inspiring to listen to you. And as you've mentioned, and as we can hear from all the stories you've told us, that yes, you're a very committed, very motivated person. And um, I would like to ask you, what tips can you share for people who kind of cannot find this sort of motivation? Even you've mentioned, yeah, that you work uh, with lots of people to help them recover. And this is one of the most important things. Yeah, if a person has a goal, has a motivation, has, has something to look forward to, a person will recover much faster. Yeah, and it's in anything in life, really. Motivation is what, what makes us move towards our goal, towards anything. And so what tips, what advice, motivational advice would you give for, for, for people who, who might 
might have lost their motivation, how to stay motivated every day, consistently, all the time to stay motivated? And thank you for that question. I really appreciate that. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a secret to staying happy. And the secret to staying happy is to live with purpose. And the way you live with purpose is certainly to fulfill on whatever your goals are. Bob and you and I were talking about you wanting to write out and fulfill on the goals, the objectives you have for this year. And that's wonderful. I'm not saying you shouldn't have that. You absolutely should live into the possibility of attaining whatever goals uh, and aspirations you have. There's no question. But the secret, the secret to really being happy is to always be somehow in service to humanity. I'll share a quick funny story with you. Uh, I had a woman that I was very serious about and I really had contemplated marrying her many, many, many years ago. I was, well, I was up to, I was 22 years of age uh, when we broke up and she taught me something that I have never forgotten. She said to me, Nelson, there are only bad days when you haven't helped enough people. <laughs> and I said, that's interesting. And I remember, and I came home one day and I had a really bad day. It was just one of those days, Anne, where, where it seemed like after I got up, anything that could go askew went askew. And I got home that night and I walked in the door and I didn't have my usual smile on my face. And she said, oh, I see. I said, what do you see? She said, somebody didn't help any people today, did they? I said, no, I had a very <laughs> bad day, you might say today. Nothing really went right. And so I didn't have the opportunity to focus on helping anybody else. I was too busy getting my own affairs sorted out. And she said, ah, I see. I said, and I'm really hungry. Do you mind if we forego this talking and just let me sit down and eat dinner? She said, well, you can have dinner when you get back. And I said, when I get, when I get back from what? She said, you're gonna go out and you're gonna find someone to help. Oh. And then you're gonna come home and eat dinner. I said, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm rabbit. I haven't had food since lunch. It's like seven or eight o'clock. She said, sweetheart, I don't want you in the house like this. You need to go out and get perspective again. Oh, okay. So you're telling me I'm not going to get dinner until I go out and help somebody. She said, yeah, now go. So I left and I was, I was, I was furious, Dan. Why are you serious? I'm starved. I need food. I, I said, fine, fine. I'll find someone who needs help. So I got in my car and I'm going down the road and I found a woman who was broken down on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, you know, provided she doesn't think I'm a serial killer, then I'll stop and see if she needs help. I got out and I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to hurt you. I, I see you're broken down. Is there anything I can do to help you? She said, sir, I've been here for hours. Nobody has pulled over to help me. I have a flat tire. I know it sounds ridiculous. I, I don't even remember why. And she said, I, I, I can't change the tire. Mm -hmm. I said, so you, you'd like me to help you change the tire? She said, that would be fantastic. Remember, this is years ago when we didn't have cell phones. Mm -hmm. Understand? No cell phones. So mm -hmm. many, many years ago. This is like over 30 years ago. So I said, you know what? I, I'm happy to change your tire. I'm, I'm happy to do that for you. And so I changed her tire. And I said, I, I hope your day gets better. And she said, you have no idea how good my day is right now. I said, really, why, why, why do you say that? And she said, young man, I have been here for hours, hours, probably more than six hours. No one oh, no. stopped 
to help me. No one. You're the first person. My family is worried terribly, I'm sure, mm -hmm. about why I am not at home fixing dinner for my family. Nobody knows where I am. And I'm not in a position where I can you know, go anywhere to call anybody. There's no phone available. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm, I'm really happy that, that you get to go home now and be with your family. She said, I, I don't even know how to thank you. And I said, your words, your words have thanked me because now after having such a bad day, I'm happy again. I wish you the best. And I never saw her again. I don't know who she was, but I never forgot the woman that I helped on that night where I changed her tire and she left crying because she was able to go back and have dinner with her family and not have them worry themselves sick that something disastrous had happened to her. And I came back home and my girlfriend was standing in the kitchen and I opened the door and she says, so how do you feel now? <laughs> I said, I feel fabulous. Now let's eat. <laughs> so, and Bob, my point is, it's very difficult to be unhappy when your life is always focused on helping those people around you. Everywhere mm. I go, it could be as simple as I go to the grocery store and there's a, a petite woman who's desperately trying to reach up on a shelf and get, you know, a canister of oatmeal. And mm -hmm. I look at her and I say, may I, may I help you? May I get that for you? Mm -hmm. That would be wonderful. Thank you. I feel like an idiot. I said, please don't feel anything but wonderful. You're a petite woman. That's, they should have a stool or a ladder to climb to get that. I can barely reach it. And I reach and I hand it to her and I say, have a lovely day. See, the gift is always really for the person being in service. Not that she didn't appreciate it, but when you have a focus on helping other people, you begin to live a life of, of magic, magic, miracles. Every day when I wake up, I pray to God, God, let the magic and miracles unfold. And every single day of my life, I get to see magic and miracles because that's what I live into. So you want to be happy, make your life, certainly fulfill your goals. Certainly fulfill your goals. You deserve to have the things that you want to have, mm -hmm. but make your life an expression of always being available to help as many people as you can. Hmm. And yeah. Bob, and what happens when you live this is that suddenly everywhere you turn, there are wonderful opportunities for you to be, to be of assistance. There's a movie in the United States called Groundhog Day. Have you seen it? Of course. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it twice so, now. Yeah, so it's a fantastic movie, and, and, and I ask you, maybe go see it after this over the weekend, because he becomes like a transformed master in realizing Absolutely. that the way he becomes happy is to constantly be there and available to help other people mm -hmm. get what they want. That's my secret. That's my biggest tip, Anne, for helping you to be happy every single day. Don't focus on the smallness of yourself in your own life. Focus on being of service to the world, however it shows up. Helping a little old lady across the street or doing a talk with friends like you two that gets out to tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands to millions of people, mm -hmm. whatever it looks like.
be available. Yeah, because this love, this joy, yeah, it, it's not like in a material world, it's not like money or something else. When you give them out, then you, you don't have it anymore. No, it's completely different. It's just the opposite. This love and, and joy yeah. and happiness, the more you share it, the more you get it. It multiplies, it just overflows inside of you and you just can not not share it. <laughs> You're exactly Absolutely. right. And, and the funny thing is what you said, and it's really so profound because I don't ever worry about money. You know, I don't worry about money because every patient who comes to see me knows that I'm there for them. Mm -hmm. They know that I, as a doctor, as a man, as a humanitarian, my greatest concern when you come to see me is how may I help make your life better? Mm -hmm. When you live from that place, money's not a question. People are happy to pay you. Hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a quote that I'll just share just based on what you're saying, which is Leo Tol it's by Leo Tolstoy. And the quote is, the sole meaning of life is to serve humanity. I, I love that. Thank you. That's uh, brilliant and beautiful, Bobbin. Thank you. You're welcome. I love that. We have another um, question for you. Mm -hmm. What can we do? to create more unity in the world? So ideas um, or suggestions? Yeah, absolutely. The key to creating unity is to create understanding. How you create understanding is through connection. I don't know you two other than, Bob and I, you and I have spoken uh, once before and we're, we're meeting for the first time. Do you feel connected to me, Anne? Yes. yes, absolutely. Through your honesty and through yes. this, this energy. <laughs> I don't know yes. how to explain it. Yes. Bobin, do you feel connected to me? 100% with both. We're, yeah. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. You feel connected because you get that I care about you and I care about being present with you and I care about doing the best I can to answer your questions so that people get value out of our connection. The key to happiness is through connection. So reaching out to gain agreeability is very, very important because when people get connection, they're left with that we are all one. We are all one, irrespective of geographical location. We are all one. We share this beautiful planet mm -hmm. and we share the opportunity to find agreement through connection. And when we do that, anything in the world is possible. I don't really ever worry uh, anymore about money because I know that my connection to the people that enter my world and the world that I enter for them is to create a win-win situation. I live through win-win-win. You mm -hmm. give me the opportunity to, give my, to get my voice heard. That creates agreeability. That creates connection with you too. You get to have your show expand and the listeners get to get the value of the three of us interacting. Mm -hmm. mm, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. One, one person, I mean, yeah, even one motivated person here, she can do a lot, but still together, it's, it's an enormous force because yeah, people come when they're in agreement, as you say, they come into a resonance and just everything yes. they are, all their talents, their power, their inspiration, it just gets multiplied thousandfold. I don't know, many, many fold. And it's just, yeah, yes. I think we, we, we underestimate, we don't even realize ourselves the power of this, of this connection 
expression of this unity, what we can do if we unite. Beautiful. Mm. That's so true, Anna. I'll let you in on something. I was very poor at numerous times in my life. Very, very poor. I was almost homeless three times in my life, right on the edge, right on the edge. And I got a job as a, as a bouncer working in really big nightclubs. And I, I didn't want to do this, but I was given two skills uh, that I was quite good at. One was defending myself, protecting myself, protecting others with my hands and my feet. And the other was in helping people heal. And it mm -hmm. took me many years to understand this, but I paid my way through college, basically through being a really good fighter. And so this was very <laughs> difficult for me because I heard a lot of people who were very nasty people. They were pimps, they were pushers, they were gang members, gang leaders, they were human traffickers. They did really bad things. Mm -hmm. And so I had a very difficult time, you two, living with that I hurt so many people. And a friend of mine said, you know, I guess you could think of your life that way that you, you're right, you hurt a lot of people. You worked for a number of years, you got in a lot of bad fights and you harmed a lot of people. Uh, but you could also interpret it a different way. The other interpretation could be that because you hurt those people, they were no longer capable of hurting innocent people, good people. And I thought, well, that's an interesting interpretation. I think I'm gonna go with that for the rest of my life. And then what ended up happening was quite interesting. The techniques that I use to protect other people, to protect myself, to defense against very bad people, ended up being the foundational piece for the work that is called Torque Reset, that is the mm -hmm. founding work of what I do and who I am, that mm -hmm. I help people from all over the country and the world with. And so how interesting that learning how to do specific martial arts techniques ended up becoming the foundation of helping me help tens of thousands of people heal without harming them in any way. Mm -hmm. And so all of our experiences are so incredibly important because what I realize, and this is my point, is Bob and in particular, that whatever we focus on, we get. When I was mm -hmm. a fighter, the more I fought, the more people wanted to fight me. Mm -hmm. And I thought for sure that when they saw what a good fighter I was, they would never want to fight me. <laughs> but someone always wants to get a shot at the, the champion, right? Mm -hmm. And so I thought one day, what happens if I change my thinking and I think about being a really good person who no longer wants to fight at all? What if I hang up my proverbial gloves on the hook? I don't put those on anymore and I make my whole life about looking for ways to be kind, to be helpful, and to help people where they need help. And that's where I live to this day. Mm. That is so amazing to hear that, mm. um, you know, that the transition from, um, you know, learning those lessons from, as you, from your own words of inevitably having to hurt people, but then how your life turned around where circumstances right. were arranged in line with, you even mentioned the word purpose before, like much earlier in the interview, where yes. you've got these careers of uh, being a naturopath, um, a clinical nutritionist and a chiropractor, where now you're yes. ultimately healing people. It, it might not necessarily be those same exact people from the past, but we already said earlier that, you know, the soul meaning of life is to serve humanity. We're all connected. So you're healing other parts of the human race, but it's still healing 
you're still healing you're still healing the energy let's say so well, this is or you're healing so and i want to another thing but I, I i want to say this that perhaps i am healing the people that i engaged with in fighting in the past because it gave them an opportunity to wake up and to mm-hmm. realize in some cases for the first time what it was like to destroy the lives of other people like mm-hmm. to have a moment of wow this is what it's like now i'm getting the one getting hurt i'm the one getting injured when they perpetrated these things daily to innocent people mm-hmm. and so it actually came to this place bob and where i realized there is even an opportunity in the orchestrated dance in life where we came together though it be to be destructive but maybe ultimately the destruction in the moment allowed for profound healing that allowed them to change their path on life so that they at least at worst were no longer able to rape women or to traffic girls this kind of thing does that make sense to you Avin? Mm. absolutely 100% yeah. Mm. yeah every everything you're mentioning now it's yeah, it's where we put our attention to it's 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 the basic law of attraction yeah people people think that by fighting or yeah by destroying something it's like by fighting they try to create peace but you know the more we fight the more fighting we create we just invest our energy into their our attention and Mm. that's what grows if you want to have some positive things in your life or in the life of the whole society you should focus your energy on those positive things. And that's, yes. that's exactly what we're trying to do with the project of Creative Society, because we all feel that we are so tired, so fed up with you know talking in the kitchen to each other and complaining about the world, about how everything is, how everything is wrong. You know, We're just, again, investing our intention into something negative, into what is wrong, and this way, we're making the more of it. So this project mm-hmm. of Creative Society is, is about, you know, focusing together on what we want. On, again, what is our purpose? So we can yes. around it and yes. united, we can, we can achieve it, you know, because everybody, everybody wants happiness. Everybody was, wants joy. People complain because they don't want all those things. But yeah, if they just realize that by focusing their attention on what they want and don't want, it's just so much easier and faster to achieve that goal. And I agree. You know, yes, beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, now that I started talking about uh, creative society, my first question regarding it is going to be related, of course, to the field you're in. So how do you envision a healthcare field in creative society? You know very well what it is now. <laughs> you have a lot yes. of experience with it. How do you think it should be? Love your questions, you two. I think there should be a level of profound integration, Anne, meaning that I'm having more and more Western-minded medical doctors who want to work with me, who's Mm -hmm. realized, Nelson, emergency medicine is critical if you're in a car accident, if you fall down a flight of stairs, if you have a heart attack, you need immediate Western-minded medical attention, Mm -hmm. but more and more classically trained Western medical doctors realize we have some answers, but we certainly don't have a lot of the answers. Mm -hmm. So in crisis, their work is profound and I wouldn't trade it out for anything, but I'm having more doctors say, you know, Dr. Bomash, I love the way you work. 
you the results you get in getting people to function again are incredible and you use your hands to adjust people through chiropractic techniques and soft tissue mm -hmm. techniques and and i have certain technologies that i use pmf work and and focus technology to make people's brain and body work to improve energy output decrease inflammation and then i do nutritional work that gives the body the essential whole food nutrients it needs to repair itself to grow and to thrive and so the key word and to your wonderful question is integration, mm -hmm. integration of all people, integration of all services for the greatest expression of humanity. That's fascinating. Yeah. I, I've yeah. never heard, uh, I've never heard of a, of a, you know, of a way or a method, um, so to speak of integrating so many things together. So that's definitely something to think about as well. Yeah, you're going to have more and more of that, Bob, and you're, you're, you're having more and more doctors kind of sit back and think, you know, I mean, I, what I do is valuable, but it's incomplete. Mm -hmm. My son is a physician now. He's an internist. And he's saying, Dad, this drives me a little bit crazy. I'm only allowed to use drugs for people like diabetics when they should have a complete dietary overhaul. Yeah. They should be getting into exercise and taking specific supplements to help stabilize their blood sugar level. And all I'm doing is putting them on drugs, which is important to get them stabilized so they don't die of kidney failure, heart attacks, and so forth. Very, very important. Mm -hmm. But then those people should be transitioned to other healthcare providers that can teach them how to exercise, teach them lifestyle management tools, teach them how to take specific supplements and so forth to help take them the next stage. Because ultimately... Mm -hmm. We have to depend on each other. We have to integrate our skills. We have to find agreeability. We have to find resonance so that we trust each other and we value each other. There's a famous, famous uh, gentleman by the name of John Muir. John Muir was the head of a society here in the United States and they called the Sierra Club. And forgive me, this isn't an exact quote, but you'll so love and appreciate this quote. It was all things exist as a courtesy for all other things. Mm -hmm. Without me being here, I couldn't express my voice in the world. Without you two fantastic people uh, doing the work that you're doing, I wouldn't have a platform. You wouldn't have a guest. The world wouldn't get to hear us. Mm -hmm. So one of the, another gift that I uh, tip, if you will, and, and gift that I live by is that I am here as a courtesy for you, Anne. I am here as a courtesy for you, Bob. I'm here as a courtesy for all those participating and listening or watching our show. And you are here as a courtesy for me that without you or the listening audience, there'd be no platform for us to speak to. Absolutely. And it allows me to stay very humble and it allows me to stay very connected to the notion that we're all here to help each other live better lives. That to me is always and ultimately what it's about. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you for those tips. Um, after talking to millions of people all over the world, the stages and foundations of building the Creative Society was formed and described in an article, which you may read on alatriunites.com. Okay. And, yeah, and now we would like to ask our technical to support to show a video about the eight foundations.
So number one, human life. Number two is human freedom. Number three is human safety. Number four is transparency and openness of information for all. Number five is the creative ideology. Number six is development of personality. Seven is justice and equality. And number eight is self-governing society. Um, so, Dr. Yep. Vulmash, we know um, we know that you have become recently familiar with these stages and foundations of building the creative society. I could have. you please choose? Yeah, um, could you please choose one and share your opinion on it and how we can implement it? Let's choose. Let's talk about number two: human freedom. Human freedom is very, very important to me as it should be to everyone who's committed to people being able to live as free human beings. I, I believe that all life is important, that all life is valuable. And I learned a long time ago, you have no idea when a child is born, who that child will become. I think about my father, who is a brilliant research scientist. He solved certain problems that had never been solved before. And I think if he didn't have the freedom to, to choose his life path, one of the things he did was he saved ultimately probably tens of thousands of people or more in Central America because he found two diseases that were killing a huge number of people in the early 1960s. Mm -hmm. And so in 19, I believe it was 60, I think it was 1963, we moved to Costa Rica and they were losing lots of people to waterborne diseases, particularly children. And I think how proud I am often of my father because he went down and we were living in primitive, relatively primitive conditions. And he was the first person in the world to solve why these people were dying. And he identified a species of salmonella that had never been identified before. And by doing so, he found a way to treat these people so they would live. And as a result of them living, there are countless people alive today. If my father hadn't been given the freedom to live in a safe world where he got to choose his path and his unique expression in life, there'd be countless people today that would never even have been born. So being able to live in a protected, relatively speaking, free society where life is valued and people are protected and people are allowed to make choices that allow for their own unique expression of life to unfold so that they can contribute to each and every other person in the same way that just by, by interacting as we are today, that they can get their message heard, they can get their voice heard, they can do the things that they love and are best at doing. Because ultimately, I think that that's, that's the greatest gift we can give each other, is to allow each person the opportunity to live in a way that allows their purest expression, provided, of course, they're not somebody whose pure expression is to kill or harm innocent people. Mm. 
Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah, freedom. I mean, people talk about freedom. Yeah, it's it's usually you you hear a little more yeah like narrowed approach to it or something like freedom. I don't know <laughs> to be whoever you want, professional, you know, whatever. But freedom is is so much more. It's more the freedom of expression. It's more even yeah, yeah creating conditions in the society that a person is free to be himself, whatever it is professional or personally in any way possible and yeah it's it's for me it's like when a person is not ruled you know by fear because so many of our choices today are based on yes. fear even like profession yeah like people would often go into some profession because of fear of not being able to earn money or something or you know do something but that's the way the society is right now that's the way we unfortunately built it and yeah exactly the person should be free absolutely free from all the fears from all the i don't know things that in any Good way problem. narrow this freedom of his in any way take it away it's wonderful thank you you know it's it's, it's and you, you said that so well and i'll share this with you briefly and then you or you can ask me the next question uh I broke my back in four to six places, as I mentioned, when I was 22 years old. It, it for, has forever changed my life. My dad was, had a PhD in microbiology. He was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man who wielded his great intellect with tremendous hum humility and honor. He was a man that you, anyone could approach. And I, I love to tell the story that when I was a little boy, my mom and dad had a party. And these other men who happened to be doctors had surrounded my father and they were all laughing. And I thought, what's everybody laughing at? My father was in the center of these men and they were asking him to recite various lines from Shakespearean plays in multiple languages. He had memorized every Shakespearean play word for word. And he could, he could, he could deliver the lines in Japanese, Yiddish, Hebrew, English. He knew multiple languages. And we, they were all astounded. They were laughing because like, who in the world has all the Shakespearean plays memorized and who in the world can say them in multiple languages? No. And I realized in that moment, I thought, oh my God, who is my father? And yet he lived with such an honor and integrity and a humility that to this day makes me emotional when I think about it. In the 45 years that I got to be with him, he never lied to me ever. He was about truth. He was about, he was a, when I say a, a feminist, I don't mean a radical feminist who, you know, gets really defensive and nasty. I mean, you didn't dare ever utter a racist remark, mm -hmm. a, a remark because somebody was old or too young, and you certainly never disparaged women in his presence because mm -hmm. he was an intellectual beast. And he would slay with words anyone who was foolish enough to be sexist, racist, ageist. And I remember looking at him going, I didn't even know those are words I didn't know existed. And when the, by the time he was done with these foolish people, they were speechless. And they realized they had a, you know, a heavyweight <laughs> fighter with, with words and ideology that they were stupefied with when he was done. And he did it in a way that was tactful, but you knew that you had been had and you better never be stupid or foolish and express yourself in a way that was so damaging to women, to blacks, to Latinos, to Jewish people, to Muslims. It never happened around him. He believed that everyone had the right to take the path that they chose and they should have the freedom and the liberty 
to choose whatever religion, whatever ideology, as long as they weren't harming innocent people with it. Hundred percent. Your stories are wonderful, so inspiring. I don't know, it's just it's just amazing. And all your life experience, it's just so interesting to hear it. And we want to ask you the next question is about the creative society. So you've got all this life experience and we're hoping you can give us good advice about how can we today make a creative society a reality for everyone? Because as we've mentioned before, now we're at the informational stage and the logic is simple here because we cannot build something together if people just don't know about it. So the first stage is super important because that's how we spread the information and give the opportunity to people to join the project in general. Right. And what advice do you have for us how to better inform people how to make this information spread quicker or in more effective way and what can we do to make the society a reality for every well every I, world? and i think you're doing it right now number one you're interviewing people who are influencers i i think that's very important there are clearly people who are leaders you must always take the leaders people by the way who aren't just leaders we've got leaders in this country that are corrupt that are doing damage to the fabric of democracy that I never imagined would happen in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Here's the key word, Anne. Leaders who are ethically bound. Mm -hmm. Ethically bound. There's nothing wrong with making lots of money if you do it ethically. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a leader as long as you're ethically bound to lead in a way that fosters the, not the, the, the thriving of the people you lead. And the first goal to me of a leader should always be that you bring the collective body that you lead together and you help them trend in a way that serves the common body. Mm -hmm. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? And mm -hmm. so to really get your message out, you appeal to the hope and possibility of what it would be like to have a humanity that is connected as one as you're doing right now, but to do it on the largest scale you can mm -hmm. and to, to get people to realize, Hey, you know, Bobbin, you're from the, you're from the UK originally, I think, right, Bobbin? Yeah. So I, as in I'm born in the UK and then parents are originally from India. Oh, okay. Fabulous. So there's a great example. So you grew up in the UK, your parents are from India and you're from the Ukraine. You lived uh, often in Austria. So this is beautiful. So we're three people that without the, this platform, would we have ever known each other? Well, probably not. So, so we get to come together and create hope and possibility that the world gets to watch. And so by seeing and listening to people like me answer questions of yours, it gives people the, the possibility of hope and it allows them to, to uh, improve or to increase the need for connectivity with other people. And when we realize, wow, you know, Ann Bailey is a really cool young person. Bobbin is a really neat guy. And these two people are from countries where I, you know, I've been to the UK, I've never been to uh, Ukraine. But to get people to understand that you're not bad because you're not me is, is vital. And so once again, connection 
getting people to understand the connection that we all have brings trust. It brings availability, the opportunity for understanding each other. And, you know, Ann and Bob, and what ends up happening is you sit down and you go, wow, I really like these two. I want these two to be my friends. And in addition to that, you have a, a trust that fosters understanding and allows us to sit down and talk at a round table to see what we want as an expression for ourselves, our community, and the world at large. And what usually happens when I'm involved with these things is that people say, you know, we kind of all want mostly the same things. Yeah. How do we get that? I mean, who doesn't want freedom? Who doesn't want to be safe? Who doesn't want to be able to live and to travel where they want to travel? Who doesn't want to be able to be who they want to be when they grow up, so to speak, right? And so I think by getting these messages out to the world as you are uh, on the largest level that you can will really create a listening that allows people to step into an opportunity to connect and through connection, we get agreement. And through agreement, we can create uh, possibilities that are so beyond our knowing right now that it, it, it creates excitement. And excitement creates passion. And passion creates commitment. Mm -hmm. And with commitment, all things can be done or can be changed for good. Thank you. You know, I enjoy your answer so much. Next time I'll bring some popcorn with us. So, I mean, your wisdom is amazing, but it's also, there's also shades of like entertain, like it's just, it's, I mean, you just have a great presence. So it's, it's very inspiring. Thank you. I've had a very, very, very interesting life. I, I never thought I'd live to be beyond 30 because of the work that I did when I was a young man. I had a lot of people that didn't want me to uh, to share the, the the world with them. You know, you start messing with gang members, you start messing with drug distribution, and usually your life expectancy isn't very long. And somehow I lived, and I just decided that with the fascinating life that I had, that I was going to do everything I could to be the best person that I could be and to help as many people as I can. And I commit to it and recommit to it each and every day. Thank you. Hmm. Um, so viewers, thank you so much. And let's remind um, our viewers that we use the theory of six handshakes to spread information about the Creative Society. So Dr. Bulmash, who would you like to nominate for a future live interview? I'm going to nominate an, a remarkable woman out of Australia by the name of Linda Duong. And uh, you're going to really enjoy her. She's a profound influencer thinker who's written a best-selling book. And I, I, I'll get you her contact information. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to have that now, but I can get it to you. She's on Facebook. She's a very dear friend of mine. And she's a world influencer. Mm. Wow, thank you. We're already looking forward to meeting her as well. <laughs> yeah, she's a very dear friend of mine, and you will love her because she's another example of a person whose whole life is a commitment to helping the world be a better place. So she and I are very dear friends. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel like you've shared so much today with us, and I don't want to 
this live stream to end and I feel like I want to ask you thousands more questions, but yeah, I think well, <laughs> yours and if, if you're listen, you're, you're welcome to reach out to me anytime, anytime you'd like me to assist you to do something like this. I'll do everything I can to make myself available. And, and if I hope you don't mind, may I invite people to watch my show? Absolutely. Absolutely. My yeah. show is health matters with Dr. Nelson Bullmash. You can download our smart app at uimediaapp.com. I am Dr. Nelson Bullmash. My show is Health Matters with Dr. Nelson Bullmash. Thank you to profoundly, you. deeply from my heart. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. And I'm honored that you gave me the possibility on this day to share words with you in the hope that, that we can make whatever whatever's possible out of this conversation work for the people who listen and watch us so they can improve the quality of their lives and share our vision and mission. Yes. And as one of our very last questions, unfortunately, I would like to ask you, what would you like to wish all people that viewing us right now and that will watch this video later? I hope when you're done watching the three of us interact that you're left with hope and the inspiration to live the life of your choosing and to make whatever contribution, little or great, you may to the world at large, that the world we share may be a better place having you, all of us, and all others who are on the mission to have the world be a better place for everyone and everything. It's wonderful. Thank you. That's what I wish. Thank you, everyone uh, watching, for tuning in to today's live conversation. To join creative projects of the Alatra International Public Movement, please visit our website on alatraunites.com, where you will see a red button called join. Then you can fill out a very short form and the volunteers of Alatra IPM will contact you. Also, we invite you to watch a recent global video conference called Creative Society, United We Can. Um, this was held on the 20th of December, 2020, and millions of people from all over the world tuned in. Various guest speakers discussed various problems in society, offered solutions, and fundamentally discussed how change begins with us uniting. We can build a world that humanity deserves, but we can only do it together, united by one goal. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again for coming to our program. Thank you for everything. You are very welcome. It was, as I mentioned, it was my privilege. It was my honor. Thank you. And if you ever want me back, just let me know. Delighted to, sh to share time with you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.